Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so glad that you are here. So before we get started with me introducing my esteemed guest, I would love if the listeners would do me a favor. So wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, if you would just take a screenshot of it, and whether that's on your phone or your tablet or your computer or wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot and then post it on your social media. When you do that, I would love for you to tag us here at A God Shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment and your biggest takeaway. And the reason why I do this is because I'm not so much concerned about the number of downloads. I honestly couldn't even tell you how many downloads I have in total over the couple of years that this podcast has been around. But I do want to make sure that this information gets in the hands of as many people as possible. I want people to know that if they are going through something, that hope is on the other side of this and that there is rest and restoration in our Lord and Savior. And so the more people that share this podcast, the more people that we can do our part in changing their lives. So thank you so much in advance for doing that. All right, so I am going to read my guest's bio, and then we are going to get into what I believe is going to be a great conversation. So my guest today is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. She earned her doctorate in education from Northern Illinois University and completed her postdoctoral studies at Harvard during a very successful and rewarding 35-year career as a high school special education teacher with 12 years as a university adjunct graduate school professor. Her life was forever changed after experiencing numerous trauma-induced STEs, which are also known as spiritually transformative encounters. Sounds like a gotcha to me. Her her five-star reader's favorites are 2022 Hollywood Book Festival runner-up and 2020 Best Books Award winning spiritual fiction called God Came to My Garage Sale is prominently endorsed by James Redfield, best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series of books. Her latest prominently endorsed book, True Deceit, False Love, addresses domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation, and intergenerational family trauma. She loves animals and nature and music and traveling the world. And I could go on and on and on. She is <laughs> awesome. And I just want to get to it. So I want to welcome to the show, Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. Right. Hey, Shana. Thanks so much for having me on a God shift. Yes. I'm excited for you to be here. So before we... Um, get into this, I want to lay the context for our conversation a little bit. And I want to share with the audience what exactly a God shift is. 
Because when people hear that, they think, oh my gosh, that sounds so clever and that sounds so neat, but they have no idea what it means. So for me, my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose and moves you into a greater destiny. And I believe that God uses these disruptions or these unexpected circumstances in our lives to get our attention. The question is, is how are we going to respond when those types of things come into our lives? And so I'm real big, especially in this season, in teaching believers how to exercise the authority that they have as children of God. I like to refer to it as kingdom authority. And so, Dr. Marnie, my own personal definition when I think about what authority is, when I think about what kingdom authority is, when I think about my personal definition, I believe that it is the birthright that we have to partner with God to make his promises come true. But I would love to hear from you, like, what do you consider your personal definition of kingdom authority to be? You know, um, I believe that kingdom authority is, you know, giving over some power to God when we are so used to trying to control every little aspect of our life, when really there are so many things that are out of our control. And, you know, when we have these challenging times of adversity that really, like you said, there's a collision happening you know, where we can move forward. I believe we're surrounded by God. And I believe that, you know, um, we are, we are supported. We are loved Um, because really some of these challenges that I have gone through, and I know a lot of your listeners have gone through are so devastating that it's, it's hard to, you know, put one foot in front of the other and carry on. But I believe God gives us the strength to um, realize that these are life lessons, that that they are meant to be a watershed moment, a crossroads, where we really need to do a deep dive into our own, you know, what we bring to the table, what we bring to the situation, as well as kind of analyze what we have surrounded ourselves with. And we need to make some changes. Sometimes we need to be a little more discerning about who we let in our lives or who we keep in our lives, what situations we want to, you know, stay in, what situations do we want to pursue. Um, and, And I think unless you've experienced some dark, challenging times, I don't think that you can fully appreciate the positive and the light. Um, and we have the choice within ourselves to, to respond. And, and I choose to respond with my own values of integrity and honesty and love, compassion, and forgiveness. Um, so instead of taking the challenging situations and, and really, you know, sitting on the pity pot or feeling of staying in victimhood and and just letting it bring me down where I, I can't enjoy life. Because I don't think God wants us in that place. I think God wants us to be fulfilled. Yeah. And I love what you said when you started talking about control, right? Like taking control, because there's so many areas of our lives that we can't control. But I do believe that it's important for us to control what we can. 
Right. And for me, you know, keeping with the topic of kingdom authority, I think that that's what we have to recognize is that we actually do have authority to do some things to take control of our lives. God has a part and we have a part. But oftentimes I believe that since we know that God is, you know, powerful and he can do anything and, you know, he can't fail and all of those things that are true, I'm not diminishing them. But I think sometimes it allows many of us to kind of sit back and expect that he's going to do everything in our lives. When adversity comes our way, that he's going to completely get us out of it without us having to do anything. If we want to achieve something in our lives, he's going to do all of it for us without us having to do anything. And I think that, you know, my message in this season is really making sure that people understand that like you have a role in God's will for your life. And so I want to talk about, you know, we read in the bio, some of the disruptions that you've experienced in your own life. And so in, you know, I think we're in agreement that kingdom authority is the things that we can do as believers to take control of our situation. And so I would love to know that when you were experiencing some of the disruptions that you were experiencing, how did you actually exercise your kingdom authority to begin to take some control over those situations? Well, that's a great question. You know, um, I, yeah, I didn't realize that I was actually in a situation of extreme abuse and adversity. Uh, just like many people who later on figured out that they were a victim of domestic violence or narcissistic abuse, um, you know, they're going along almost gaslit to mm. question their own worth, their own abilities, whether they can control outcomes or not. Even very capable and intelligent people can find themselves, you know, really in self-doubt. Um, oftentimes because another person has, you know, the intention to harm and, and actually part of that is isolating you and controlling you and, and, you know, manipulating situations. And it's very foreign for a lot of us because so many of us are loving, empathetic people. We would never cause harm to another person that wouldn't even cross our minds. Yeah. So we kind of project, project our goodness onto others who don't really, you know, think of life that same way. You know, they don't value relationships or or if they do, it's more for a self-serving purpose. It's not, it's not, um, you know, true love. In fact, the five book series that I wrote after my spiritual fiction is called True Deceit, False Love, because we want true love. Um, that's what we're wired, you know, with that is our foundation. Um, but sometimes what we're getting is true deceit and the yeah. love is false. So in my particular situation, I, I was going along living the American dream. I was a high school teacher for 35 years, teaching graduate school at the university, raising two beautiful children, living in a gorgeous home, just thinking I was, you know, living a fairy tale life. Um, but it became very, very clear one night that, that I had been ignoring red flags that were glaring, um, to, to warn me that I was actually in a very dangerous situation, you know, with a perpetrator 
someone who I loved and trusted and, and you know, made vows with um, turned out to not have the same values as I did. So I chose to leave a 27-year marriage, which was very hard to do. And, and my children, our children were adults at the time. Um, I lost everything. I, I had no idea the repercussions of my decision, even though it was the healthiest and best decision for me to get to a place of peace and happiness and hopefulness. Um, it came with a big price. I lost my home, even though I was told it was paid off for 10 years. I, I lost all my assets, my money. I even lost those two beautiful children to what's called parental alienation. So as a loving parent, and it can be a mom or a dad to have their, their children, even adult children, ripped away from them when really that's been your focus. Your family has been your focus for so long. It is just uh, really can put you in the depths of despair because, um, you know, I haven't had my children in my life now for almost 10 years. Wow. And it's it's just, it's, it's so heartbreaking. Um and it does make you kind of question God and say, God, how could you, you know, how could this happen to someone like me who, you know, motherhood was part of how I defined myself. I, yeah. I, you know, um, was just shocked that, that something like that could happen, but I will tell you, you know, um, in, in the depths of despair, you know, you can be given a sign that God is with you. And, and I had that many times over at this garage sale. When I lost everything, I had this garage sale. And, you know, I, I was, could have been sad or mad or angry or whatever. I wasn't. I was just filled with love, filled with gratitude, you know, looking at like, instead of the negative things, I was looking at how blessed I was to live in this beautiful home and raise my kids here. And, you know, um, I just was thinking wonderful thoughts and one miracle after another, after another happened where I kept on questioning, did God come to my garage sale? And after so many experiences, and then I did a lot of research over a couple of years of, of spiritual encounters of people that have, have come face to face with God through a near-death experience or an SDE, I realized what I, what I experienced was pretty profound and yes, it was trauma induced because, you know, my life had just been, um, my reality was just completely shattered. Yeah. So but I was filled with love. We're, we're getting, we're getting a little bit ahead of, ahead of things. You're, you're jumping ahead, ahead a little bit. I want us to unpack some of this. Sure. Because what you're talking about is one, it's so powerful. And two, I want, I know that people are finding themselves in your story and I want us to really be able to unpack some of the things that you're, that you're, that you have gone through so that people can really start to pull out some of these nuggets and go, Oh, she did that. Let me do this. She yeah. did that. Let me do this. So I want to go back to, because one of the things that you said was, you know, there was a period of time that lapsed that you didn't, you would not have even identified that you were in a negative situation, right? Right, right. And so at the time that you discovered or were willing to accept or whatever the situation was, that you were in a situation that didn't work for you, right? Like this is, this, this is not what I signed up for. This doesn't work for me. 
How do you feel like you took control in that situation? Because I think you and I both agreed that like kingdom authority, the kingdom authority is, hey, if I am a believer in God, I actually have the ability to take control of some situations. What do you feel like you did to kind of take back some of that control? Well, you know, I, I actually kind of went silent and within myself, you know, so a lot of thinking within my own mind as, as opposed to processing it out loud, or I realized even at that moment that I could not have a reasonable discussion with my now abuser. You know, I, I couldn't, I knew that, um, to get to a place of safety and, you know, it's just kind of like the, the, the light bulb just was illuminated. And, and I realized that I had ignored so many signs that even from before we were married, but certainly, you know, five years prior, 10 years prior, that would have been for a lot of other people, they would have already been gone. But I just was this kind of person thinking that, it'll get better. Or maybe I didn't see what I saw, or maybe he didn't mean to lie. You know, um, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, but to get to that kingdom authority that day, when my light bulb moment came on, I really did some deep, you know, reflection, even though I was in kind of um, my safety and security being threatened you know, I, I I knew life would never be the same. And, and I took control in especially not too long afterwards, I was physically assaulted and I was threatened. And that just that just confirmed it for me. Um, if I had any shadow of a doubt that I would go back and, you know, just continue to stay here. I, you know, part of part of this was that the abuse trickled over to our adult child. And, and as a parent, that's when enough is enough. You know, I mean, I can handle certain things, but it is so wrong on so many levels to involve a child in the abuse that I saw. And, and so that's kind of where, you know, I, I kind of went on autopilot in a way and I knew I needed to, file for divorce immediately. You know, I wish I would have done a little more planning, but I was just following my gut feeling. And, and that's kind of what I did. It was a big shift. And, and, you know, I've had a couple other shifts since that original big shift, Um, or I wouldn't be able to get to the place that I'm at now where I'm living at peace. I'm happy. I'm finding my voice through writing. Um, I'm, you know, sharing facts and, you know, honest testimonials um, about what I went through, but also about God and about spirituality and the support that, you know, was life-changing. And that really, I've had other opportunities where I could make that change to just keep on moving forward and moving towards the light and towards goodness. Cause I'm still, even though my adult children are not in my life right now, I'm still role modeling. I'm still the same loving mom that I always was. I'm a little more discerning now about, you know, um, 
paying more attention to behaviors in people and, and because there are so many common similarities for people that that you know don't have these good intentions like like so many of us do. Yeah. What would you say Dr. Marnie that you learned during this process? You know, I learned that we need to love ourselves. We need to value ourselves. And not always just put everyone else first. So we need to take care of ourselves. Kind of like, you know, especially put that oxygen mask on first and then help others, you know. Um, But I also learned that, you know, I can handle any challenge that comes my way because I feel I was I was presented with, you know, losing your children is just the most devastating. I can lose my house and all my money. And, and, and that happens to a lot of people by a natural disaster or, you know, a fire or whatever. Um, But to, to lose some relationships that are so meaningful and knowing that it's all on a false narrative, it's just filled with lies and a complete, you know, crazy story that is so not true that whatever it is, I mean, I don't even quite know what it is, but whatever it is, it it, it was uh, pretty convincing to get adult children to align. But then again, when you learn about cults and things like that, you know, adults can be persuaded sure. and they can have memories rewritten and, and, you know, they're, you know, it's just extremely unfortunate because, and it is child abuse. It is child abuse. Yeah. Uh, parental alienation is is just uh, devastating to, to everyone. But I have found that I can make the choice to respond positively, even though I've been dealt something negative. It doesn't mean that I need to go into the gutter and and lash back out with that same low level of energy. You know, and which isn't even part of who I am as a person. Yes. So, so I can choose to remain loving, to remain, you know, someone who values honesty. And, you know, my faith has even increased through this whole process of finding my voice. You know, um, I actually moved to from the Chicago suburbs, a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs to the Caribbean where I live now. And, you know, I was able to do that where at some point in my life, I never would have had the strength to make a big change like that. But, you know, after you lose so much and then you realize, okay, what are my values? I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to nature. I want to be, you know, more connected. You know, luckily I did still have my teaching career, but, and I retired from that, but then I was kind of given the opportunity that I could make a life for myself. And even though it's not the life I had planned, you know, I, I'm not going to wallow in self-pity and just, you know, not, I want to take my pain and make it into power. I want to take my challenges that I have gone through and after you've done the inner work and you realized your role in things and you know you start to to understand what you went through one of the great steps is to share your voice and 
and help others that are kind of experiencing the same thing, like, and not knowing what to do. Like, I wish I would have had some people to really look up to. I kind of had to navigate that on my own. And, and I don't want that for other people. There's so many beautiful people out there that are experiencing challenges and we have the power to, to choose how we respond to these challenges. Yes, I was I was telling someone yes just yesterday I said you know or no it was this morning and I was talking about it's a choice. You know, it, how we respond to things, the perspective that we have, not only just in life in general but what it is that we're going through, what's happening to us, what's happening for us is all a choice. It, we have to be intentional about recognizing that we have a choice of how we respond and how we allow it to affect us. But I want to um, pause and take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want us to share some tips of how our listeners can kind of find some of the same success that you, that you have had through, through these traumatic situations. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So before the break, you said something that was so, so powerful. And I already know now that that's going to be the title of this episode is turning your pain into power. And so one of the things that I always want to make sure that I do before I wrap up our episodes is I always want to make sure that we've given our audience something tangible that mm -hmm. they know that they can measure that they can do when they find themselves in situations. And so if there is someone that is listening to this episode and they want to learn how they can take control of their lives, they want to learn how they can operate in their kingdom authority, just like you and I have managed to do, if they want to learn how to turn their pain into power, if you were talking to someone who was in that situation, what would be your best tip that you would give them for how they can begin to do that? Well, I would say my best tip would be to follow your gut intuition, mm -hmm. because that could be God's voice, you know, trying to alert you. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And you shouldn't doubt yourself and question yourself or make excuses for other people. You need to listen to that gut intuition, which is really like a red flag warning you that, you know, hey, pay attention to what's going on here and see if it is serving your higher purpose. I think that that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit operates in us. You know, that that inner knowing that that gut feeling that we get, like you said, a lot of times, you know, we refer to it as, you know, our intuition. But I believe that that's the Holy Spirit that is inside of us that is tapping us on the shoulder to to get our attention. And one of the things that came to mind when you were sharing that, I totally agree that that's a, a great tip is to not ignore those those inner nudges is that. And don't just go into the default of blaming everything on the devil. You know, he's he's not responsible for everything. You know, he's cunning and he, you know, he does what it is that he does and he, he does it well. But so often we immediately go into this is an attack of the enemy. And um, sometimes it is. And sometimes it's an alert from God. I was going through um, a business situation about a year ago. And one of my spiritual fathers said, 
you have to be able to discern whether or not you are under attack or whether or not you are under alert. And he says, sometimes you really are under an attack of the enemy. And that's when you fight like hell and you don't give up. He said, but other times you're under alert from God. And God is, you know, removing grace from a situation that he no longer wants you to be in. And so we have to really be able to, to determine the, the two, because sometimes when we go to our knee jerk reaction of, you know, oh, this is just an attack of, of the enemy. Let's take your situation. You could have fallen prey to, oh, this is just the devil trying to attack my marriage. He just doesn't want me to be married. So he's, you know, making these things happen or seem to be. And then you just stay around. And the Lord is like, no, I was giving you those inner knowings to go. The reason why this doesn't feel right is because it's not right. Okay. And then you had to make the choice to decide whether or not you were going to, to stay with that. So before we wrap up, I want to hear about your book and then tell our audience where they can get it. Well, sure. You know, the first book I wrote was God Came to My Garage Sale, a spiritual fiction, but it is inspired by true events that happened at this garage sale, you know, that were miraculous. And so this book has won a lot of awards and it's, I do book signings with it. Um, you know, I'm even going to Columbia University in New York uh, this year to speak on this book, awesome. and, you know, to spread the word that, you know, God could come to your garage sale just in, in your everyday life. You know, if we pay attention uh, we could be getting messages. I love um, yeah. So that, that book um, can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. My publisher for all of my books is Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House books. Hay House books are like self-help, spirituality, that type of thing. Um, and then my True Deceit False Love series addresses domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation, and then also intergenerational family trauma, because it's so important to not point the finger at all these other people that are doing bad things to you. You need to see your role in this and what made you uh, an extreme empath or someone with weak boundaries or an overgiver or a people pleaser. You know, those are very common characteristics of people that end up being targets for abusers. So we need to learn about ourselves and, and make some changes. But, you know, this five book series, it's not an autobiographical tell all. Not, that's not who I am. I'm not anything like that. Um, it's a resource manual. So if, if, if there are people that find they might have a similar situation, they want to learn about it. The first book includes 15,555 terms and phrases to help you connect the dots to your own experience. I mean, there's there's a lot of learning that takes place when you hear different vocabulary and then you kind of put the puzzle pieces of your own experience together and have those aha moments. Like, oh yeah, that sounds like my situation. Yeah. And, and then there's also poetry and, and a survivor's workbook, even a word search puzzle book. So I am a big believer that how to handle trauma, you know, involves doing some research, looking into personality types, mm -hmm. looking into your own, you know, um, experiences but it also involves learning terminology and understanding what you're going through. 
But another key component is just a creative approach. You know, let's find our passions again. Let's use another part of our brain um, because it could get very overwhelming to just constantly try to analyze what you're going through. And, you know, sometimes the triggers remind you of the traumas that you've had and, and you can't get out of that cycle and you need to get out of that cycle. And sometimes just quiet reflection, getting in nature, but also pursuing some, some creative activities that are enjoyable to you. And that helps give you a little bit more of a balance, you know, so that when you have to make some choices on how to respond, you're, you're at a better place than, than all just um, wired up with cortisol and, and yeah. in the fight or flight mode, you, you need to, you need to reclaim your life more. You need to find happiness and, and it's hard. I know sometimes it's very hard to find happiness, but God gives us this strength to, to find the good in things. I love it. Well, Dr. Marnie, I am going to make sure that the link to where they can get the books is in the show notes. So all they have to do is just click it and they can buy it. I want to thank you so much for your time. I want to thank you for sharing. Um, I know that the listeners are going to find some nuggets in this that they can use to reclaim their own happiness and reclaim their own lives. So thank you for being here. And audience, thank you for listening. Again, please share, share, share this information. And I look forward to seeing everyone back here on the next episode of A God Shift. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.